Gamers and famous musicians have this common complaint. Fans are way too noisy. Today, two more fans will voice their opinions on new trailers, other critics' reviews and games they have actually played. We'll also have a few fun games that we encourage you to join in with. My name's Sev and my co-host is Viz. Hey guys. <laughs> Alright dude, are you having a good day? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Well, apart from the kids. But other than that, all good. Yeah, it's not been the weather's been pretty good today. Us, uh, us Brits like to talk about the weather. It's been sunny. We've had a bit of rain, but it's uh, it's not too bad. So, Viz, I'm going to give him a little intro on myself, and then I'll pass it over to give a little intro for yourself. My name's Sev. I've done a few podcasts with the RPG Era Boys. Uh, much love and respect to them. I'm 35, uh, from the UK, playing tactical RPGs, brawlers, platformers, and a lot of genres, really. I have a PS4, a Switch, and a Series S at the moment. And I think one of my favourite games recently has been Death Store. Hey guys, I'm Viz. I am 34, nearly 35, unfortunately. But there you go. I am also from the UK. I enjoy playing a lot of different games. I'm currently very much into roguelikes, platformers, very much open world games. But I've got a very vast variety of like gameplay attitudes so i'll give anything a go uh console is my latest is the ps5 loving it so far i think my favorite game on that has got to be horizon forbidden west i'd play it over and over again yeah nice i was very much a sony boy up until i picked up a series s but yeah i'm still sony at heart so that's good right so viz are you ready to uh trash talk or maybe not so much trash talk some games yeah let's go for it let's go for it so our first segment it's Trash Talk, and this week we've got a game that's a little controversial. You might have heard of it. It's called My Name is Mayo 3. Fizz, what did you think of this? Absolutely fucking superb. <laughs> Great end to the season. <laughs> it's got a lot of controversial uh, opinions about it, hasn't it? It has, yeah, yeah. We've been in some uh, Discord channels where some people are adamant that they are not going to play it and it's a waste of time. Um, but it's got some very... Uh, a very deep and sentimental storylines to it so under under the mayonnaise jar facade there's uh there's some deep undertones there which i really enjoyed you, you did say that, like there's very different opinions about it on our discord but i think we're trying to sway a few people at the moment they're slowly coming over to the dark side they are and i think it was uh someone priced up and for the u.s side four dollars for all three games which i think is about thirty thousand taps for the mayonnaise jar if I, if, I, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, $4 for three games is not a bad price at all. Although your uh, your fingers will be hurting by the end of that. <laughs> Keep you busy for a couple of hours. How, how did you find um, your hands? Were your hands, your hands big and rugged and strong? Were you able to hit that X button without feeling any fatigue? Yeah, the third one, I think, was a lot, is a lot simpler. Apart from when you get towards the end where you go into that journey. And that journey is like... You have to start using your left thumb. It's like, hang on, I'm not used to this. What's going on? Right. I spent about uh, 40 minutes, yeah, hammering the X button with my thumb and then changing uh, changing to my index finger and then uh, I tried switching hands and, yeah, it was. I didn't think I was going to make it to 10,000 in one go. But luckily, um, minor, minor spoilers, you only have to hit 7,000 on this one and then you go into what's called the journey, which is new for the series. But it was to wrap up the series. How did you find the journey of this? Very random. So did you try and like test out all the different mushrooms they had on that path? See, I think I picked up maybe seven or eight different mushrooms. Um, some of them were mini-games and some of them were just 
trippy like overlays over the screen. Um, but going back and watching the trailer for the game, I noticed there were definitely a few mini games that I didn't actually get to play. Oh really? How about yourself? Did you did you find them all? Which ones do, uh, do you not think you managed to play? Because I think I managed to play like four or five of them. Uh, the mini games I definitely managed to play was like the Space Invaders one, where the aliens are the 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 horse <laughs> the people. flying horses. They're just the horse heads with. Yeah, the flying horses with, um, they've still got their purple pants on. And then the one that's very much like an asteroid clone from the old arcade cabinet. Uh, but yeah, I think they were the only two mini games I actually played. Oh, and that one that you have to uh, press the X button to make yes. the to make your icon turn. And you've got to get it into the circle, but you've only got a set amount of turns to actually get there. So I only ever managed to get like two or three of those. With that one, I kept button bashing and then running out of turns before I even realised what I was supposed to be doing. I think the first time it came on, I think he just drove straight into the floor and he was like, yeah, that's over. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's a shit mushroom. <laughs> did you not get the one which was like Flappy Bird? I didn't, no, no. <laughs> there was one that was like Flappy Bird. <laughs> you keep pressing X to go up and then R2 to shoot and trying to like configure the two while you're trying to do it. I just kept crashing straight away. I just like couldn't get used to the controls whatsoever. Yeah, so you didn't get a high score or anything on that one? Oh, not at all. No. (laughs) Fair, fair. So do you know, because I know you did it in uh, this game in two settings, do you know roughly how long it took you? Uh, Probably an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. I I think it's about an hour and ten minutes, yeah. I didn't realise till like halfway through trying to get to like no spoilers but get to the last mile well i got half halfway through the miles and realized if you held down l2 you move faster <laughs> oh dude for anyone who's played the previous my name is mayo games like the journey at the end of this one is it is a little bit of a slog because it it's, about, it's like 20 25 minutes of like just pushing forward up this path and you do you can pick up the mushrooms get various effects or play little mini games but it is like 25 minutes of walking up a path so I was lucky enough that I, I beat it in one sitting so I could see from my very first trophy to the platinum trophy I think it took me a total of like an hour and an hour and eight minutes okay from like when the first trophy popped to when the uh, platinum trophy popped um so yeah it's not a not an incredibly long game I think it might be a little longer than the previous two games because I think they took me about half an hour to 40 minutes yeah, I think they were about half hour to 40 minutes. I think the first one I spent an hour on because I did it on two different consoles. <laughs> PlayStation 4 and on the Vita, yeah. No, it was the play- The original was PlayStation 3, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah, so it's PlayStation 3 and Vita. Uh, the second one went to PS4. Okay, so I definitely got... I think I've definitely platinumed them all now. I don't know if it's possible to not finish them and not platinum them, if you get me. <laughs> yeah, if you weren't managed to platinum, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do, you do have to change the costumes to get the different stories to trigger, but I think if you don't trigger the different stories, like you'll never actually get to the ending. So it's kind of something that you have to do. That's something they changed in the last game as well, though, because it was more stories rather than costumes. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, so in the previous ones, you'd put like a mushroom or a bikini on the, on the, uh, the mayo jar and it would tell you a little story, whereas this one you have to like... You click into doing... You open the menu, click onto was like a scrunched up piece of paper and it will start the next story and then you have to go in every so many amount of clips clicks to like open the next packet of stickers for it to continue the story on yeah that was right but yeah these uh the stories in this one definitely felt like they were all part of the same story they didn't feel like they were random randomly they were all stories that connected together 
and then led into the final piece. Yeah, and I think it's got all something to do with the, the the creator of the game, really, hasn't it? Like the the life that he went through and the things that he the things that he struggled on. So if you read into some of the stories and like look at some of the dialect that's actually in it, the hidden dialect, I think it's got actually got a a full story of like how he gets to the end. That's, that's quite sad. There's there's some, some undertones of um, yeah, the mayonnaise jar is a metaphor for being a joke, and sometimes the saddest people are the people who laugh the loudest. So yeah, there's there's a lot more under the hood than to this one than meets the eye. But if you had to rate this game, Viz, what would you rate it? I'd give it an eight. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's trash. I think like it's the end of the series. It's got a, it's actually got meaning within the story if you want to delve deeper into it and understand what's going on. But yeah, I'd give it a seven point five to an eight. Seven point five to an eight. It's nice. So our our first talking trash segment was a game that we didn't think was trash. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll bring you some trash to talk about. Well, it could have been trash to other people though, because there's, there's people out there saying, like, "No, I'm not playing that. That's a load of crap." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Does but Viz, can you hear that? What's coming down the track? It's the hype train. Choo choo. So the hype train is where we round up trailers that we've seen for the past few weeks and we give our hype levels on them. The first trailer we're gonna look at today is uh, Multiverse by Warner Brothers, and this is a Warner Brothers take on the Super Smash Bros melee brawl type of game the arena party battler in the trailer we saw batman we saw shaggy we saw wonder woman i believe we saw Arya start from game of thrones but i know some people are a bit confused on who that is we're a bit unsure and we saw the iron giant you think of anyone else who was in there mate uh we got superman at the end of the trailer there was also there's quite a few people at the end of the trailer as well yeah i think they started to bring in like adventure time characters and stuff didn't they they did that classic they had the montage right at the end of the trailer, so like, the Adventure Time, he was definitely in there because he turned into a giant in the trailer. He did, yeah, yeah. And he swallowed one of them and then got knocked out. Yeah, he swallowed the Tasmanian Devil. Yes, yes. So we also had Bugs Bunny in there as well, which showed up straight at the beginning. It's like some of the, the attacks and some of the moves. The trailer just looks fabulous, to be honest. It does. Um, I, I didn't know what I was expecting. We heard about this game a while ago. Um, we haven't actually seen a trailer on it, so I didn't I didn't really know where they were going to go with it. But yeah, after seeing the trailer, I pretty like it, to be honest. I do believe it's going to be a free-to-play title. Would that sway your judgment on playing it at all? Uh, not at all. With it being free, free-to-play title, it's going to be quite open to a lot of people, isn't it? I think that's what uh, Warner Brothers' aspect is going for at the moment. Yeah, generally with free-to-play titles, I get a bit put off because... I just never feel like they're finished. I always feel like I'm going to be putting more and more money into them. But at the same time, with something like like a Smash Bros, like like with Multiverse, the fact that it's free to play means they, they can just keep adding characters. So whatever roster we get, maybe like 20 characters at the beginning, within like a year's time, it could be 40, 50. It could just keep expanding. So Haven't they just recently dropped another 10 characters into the Multiverse lineup? I'm not sure who was announced previously. Uh, so the main lineup you've got is Batman, Harley Quinn, Superman, Wonder Woman, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, Rick from Rick and Morty, nice. Bugs Bunny, nice. Tom and Jerry, Steven Universe, Finn from Adventure Time, Jake from Adventure Time, and Shaggy. That's not a bad lineup to start up with, is it? Uh, no, that's a good lineup. I see Gandalf get pickled. <laughs> <laughs> So pickled by Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does look interesting. I am interested. I am well hyped for that game. Yeah, and they did announce that the open beta would be out uh, June 
of this year, so not long to wait. Yeah, so next up we've got Myth Force from, from Beamdog. It's just been announced in early access. This game, I've watched some game flu- uh, gameplay through PC, and to be honest, I'm hyped for it. Mythological, great idea having the 80s cartoon first person, and it's a roguelike style game, but it's also like first person roguelike, and you don't get many of those. I think the first one we had from that was uh, the original release on PS5, which was Eternal. Yeah, Eternal is a roguelike, yeah, yeah. It's different, it's interesting, I do like the 80s style cartoon on it. What's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so as you said, and I think I'll harp on about this constantly because Saturday, mor- Saturday morning cartoons, 80s cartoons are some are something I hold very near and dear. And the opening cinematic starts with a like a sick guitar rift, and so the song goes like Mythos, Mythos. Yeah, it's got the little girl that sits down in front of the TV and turns it on. It has, yeah, yeah. But yeah, even even the gameplay is like bright cell shaded, and it still looks like an 80s cartoon. I like the I like the idea of a, a four person like roguelike first person, like the combat looked a bit Skyrimish, and then it looked very much like you sort of Left for Dead style. Be four people going through hordes and collecting loot and stuff, and all the voice acting seemed pretty funny. Uh, they were always on about like, oh, the giant ring from Ashatoff and <laughs> this sort of uh, you know classic fantasy stuff. But yeah, this one this this one's got me hyped. Yeah, it's definitely on my radar. It's it's one that I'm looking out for. Cool. So next up, we have got The Chant, and I picked this one for you, Viz, because I know you like horror games, and me, myself, I am pretty much a wuss uh, when it comes to any kind of jump scares or any kind of uh, horror game. But yeah, this is The Chant from Prime Matter and Brass Token, and it's due out the fall 2022. This this looks like it's some kind of horror game set in, I want to say, like, an American cult. Everyone was in, like, an eco-friendly greenhouse all in like white clothes it all looked very very like vegan and very vegan vegan's not cold but um yeah it all looked very sort of um <laughs> do you know what i mean like friends of the earth stuff and then it started to sort of fade into the eco bubble is actually broken and there's some there's some some sinister things about what did you think of this I want to see more. It's quite hard. It's just a. It's an. It's a teaser trailer. It doesn't show enough off. It looks interesting. Uh, it looks like it's coming from an idea of the quarry, but put into a different layout. Yeah. So I think it's going to be like a mix between like you're looking at the quarry until dawn and Resident Evil and putting that all together and possibly a bit of Silent Hill aspect into that as well with that fear aspect of not knowing. No, it, it does look good, right? I just need to see more of it before I can give it a real. I, I'm not as hyped for it as I want to be. It doesn't show enough. Yeah, so I can like even though I won't play horror games, I can appreciate when a good horror game comes around. Um, and as you said, yeah, this trailer is very much a teaser it's very much just like i'm giving you an idea of what the world is but um, without actually showing a lot yeah the opening idea seems strong yeah it looks great I, I just feel i just need to see some more of it i can't see like if they say it's gonna be fall the end of this year i can't see that happening at the moment with the amount that's coming out but we've not seen anything of it yet yeah yeah it definitely feels like we need to see a bit more before they um they drop it on us so, last but not least, we're leading into Zenless Zone Zero by Hyoverse. There is no release date yet for this, but I'm very, very confused. It looks superb. It looks fantastic. It's a beat-em-up. Well, is it a beat-em-up? It's supposed to be fantasy RPG, but what 
is it? <laughs> That's my thoughts. It's very colourful. It, when you look at it, the trailer over and over again, it's just like a different character attacking the same thing. But what actually is it? It says it's a fantasy RPG, but I, I can't see anything coming from that. Is it open world? Is it... I don't know. What do you think, Seth? Yeah, so we definitely didn't get any sort of indication of, like, this is open world, this is level-based. But what I took from it was a very like very much like a, a Persona-style sort of, like, hack-and-slash action RPG. It's set in, like, a Neo-Tokyo. Everyone, again, is, like, cell-shaded. Uh, everyone looks like an anime character. And yeah, and they were, they were running around the city, and they were bashing people up and it, it looked really stylish to be fair like i'm i'm quite intrigued by this one i'm intrigued i just i just don't know what it is <laughs> that's fair so before the hype train gets into the station which of these four were you most hyped for multiverse myth force the chant or zendless zone zero i'm in a toss between in all honesty water Braves and myth force i'm gonna go with myth force that opening cinematic won me over. It's 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 been in my head for days now. Like so, I like the idea with Warner Bros. Like the the characters and like the different aspects they've got coming into it. I'm a bit dubious about Royals. Uh, same as you said, like previously, it's free to play. Is it going to be polished? Is it going to be finished? Uh, and then I saw Myth Force. I was like, I need to play that. <laughs> so I think uh, yeah, leading the hype train this week from both of us is Myth Force. Yeah, I think you're going to have to agree with that one. So our next segment, Open Critic Results. The OCR is where we take scores from Open Critic and decide whether we should delve deeper into why these games got what they got. And we've got four games this week. We'll go from the top one, Crowns and Pawns, Kingdoms of Deceit, which got an 83.3. And to be honest, until I pulled this one up, I'd not actually heard of it. Fizz, can you give some insight? Do you know what? I'd never heard of this game. It's got a fantastic critic score. Yeah, 83 strong. Pulling up some of these reviews, Twinfinite, uh, they're spending about six to eight hours in this version of Lithuania. It's most certainly a trip of having, even if it is clear that they're trying to tag a new sequel into this as well. Okay. Uh, the narrative rushes through the end game, somewhat haphazard fashion. It doesn't necessarily undo the great work that has paved the way forward to its conclusion. An intriguing tale of adventure that does not necessarily reinvent the wheel. Crowns and Prawns, Crowns and Pawns, not Prawns, Kingdom of Deceit pays homage in predecessors while creating a modern experience that should appeal to fans, young or old. Nice. So on the on the page you're looking at, what, are you able to see what the highest score is? Highest score I'm looking at is, it's getting 9 out of 10. Four out of five, so it's, but you you are looking a quite solid game. Cool. From what I understand, it is a it's another cell shaded game. It's the third one in this show. Um, it's a cell shaded point and click adventure. So yeah, if anyone who likes uh, point and click adventures, seems like crimes and prawns. Prawns, yeah, it's crimes and prawns now. Kingdom of Deceit. So we'll move on to our next game. It's Teardown. It is currently sitting at eighty one point five on Open Critic. Viz, have you seen this game before we put it in the list? I've heard of it, but I haven't actually seen anything of it. So, What score did you say that was? It's got an 81.5. It's actually gone up now. It's actually at 82. Ah, there you go. Breaking news. <laughs> come come to the front lines. We've got the scoops. Uh, Teardown is now, now at an 82. Uh, for what I believe, Teardown is a voxel building smasher. 
it's like there's big buildings and you can uh, throw demolition balls into them. I'm pretty sure I saw a ship uh, colliding with a building um, and smash things up. So if you've ever built Lego just to smash it down, I think Teardown was made for you. What are the reviews saying? Uh, the reviews are saying Teardown is everything that drew me to video games in the first place. It gave me something that I've never seen before with its voxel sandbox and rise it with a cutting edge graphics technology. If I was still a kid and you asked me if I wanted to play Monopoly or with a fully fueled excavator that someone had just left in the yard, you could be sure I'm going to go outside digging up holes. Nice. Teardown is, my, in my like <laughs> the way I see it, it's an upgraded Minecraft, but in reverse. Yep. So, I mean, it looks great, it feels great. So, if you like smashing shit, this is the game for you. <laughs> uh, there are definitely some days when I like smashing shit. I prefer to smash shit than build anything, yeah. I think what they're trying to say is like everything is destructible. So, that's cool. So, Teardown, now an 82. And put this one in there because uh, I'm pretty sure we can get a boots on the ground one for this one. Next up is Soundfall with a 78.3. Fizz, have you got any insight on this one? It's 79 now. <laughs> it's 79 now, all the way from out the field. Uh, yeah, I have got a lot of insight on this. I've actually been playing this today with my son because uh, it's got a four-player co-op as well, which is great. Uh, and that's either couch co-op or you can play online. I introduced Lucas to it today, and he thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, so he can't wait to play it again. I think I'm about halfway through the story so far, and I feel like sometimes I just can't put it down. It's like I just want to play a bit more. You're playing to the beat of the music, so your attacks have to match the beat. But at the same time, the controller is also vibrating to the beat of the music to like indicate when you're supposed to attack. Um, but that's not just the only thing it does. It's like your dodge has got to move to the music, your actions, everything around you, all your surroundings, then move into the beat of the music. And it's, I feel, I feel like I'm dancing when I'm playing it. It's really weird. <laughs> Moving about in your seat, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. So you said, you told me the other day that um, some of the challenges are to beat the level before the song ends. Yes, that's right. So our most, most levels, I take it, are about three minutes long. So that, is that an accurate assumption? Uh, it's about right. Some of them are two and a half minutes, some are three minutes 45. I think the longest one I've done, uh, one of the longest levels, was five minutes 20, and that was a proper hardcore level. Um, it's got a lot of musical elements into it and all your characters and like they're musicians, but different aspects of musicians. And your attack powers and your special moves are inspirations from what instrument you play. Okay, I think you told me, you were sending me videos last night while you were playing it, they, they look pretty cool. Um, but if, am I right in thinking that uh, different characters hold different instruments, so if you play a level with a different character, the music sounds different? Yeah, the beat of the, the, beat of the music changes slightly, um, but there's also like four different difficulties that you can go through, and... That just depends on the up-temp and the upbeat of the music. It makes it faster and makes the enemies harder. So you are you are moving faster and trying to attack faster. Okay, nice, nice. So um, what are the reviews saying? The reviews are saying 4 out of 5, 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 8.5 out of 10 from PlayStation Universe. That's the highest one on there. So I cannot overtake how much fun I had with Soundfall. 
It has a few shortcomings along the way, but absolutely nothing stopped me from jamming out while I shot up baddies. Drastic games combined two different genres in one engaging and entertaining package. That's that's literally what it is. It's a great it's a great game and I'd recommend it to anybody to play it. And I think it's currently twenty two forty nine on the PlayStation Store at the moment. I think it's also out on other uh, consoles as well. It's definitely on Switch. Yeah, I was looking through the Switch store today. I did see it on there. I think it was about 22 quid on there as well. Um, but yeah. It was originally advertised to Switch, though, wasn't it? I think it came as a silent release to the PlayStation. Yeah, I'm not sure if we saw it years ago or if we saw it like last year at some point. If we did, then I've totally forgot about it. But yeah, we did get it at the Indie World Showcase that was a few days ago. Not exactly a shadow drop, but they were like, oh yeah, this trailer, and then like, the game's pretty much out. Obviously, at the uh, at Nintendo Showcase, they won't, they won't advertise that it's out for PlayStation. Yeah. And then moving on to our poo-poo turd of the week, um, it's the Evil Dead game, and uh, this is currently sat at a 66, unless my correspondent in the field will tell me differently. <laughs> it's actually jumped two, <laughs> it's jumped two spots, dude. That's it, is it going up or is it going down? It's gone up to 68. Wow, the Evil Dead is rising. Okay, when I, when I first put it on the list this morning, or yesterday, I think it was in like a 62, um, so yeah, it looks like it's going <laughs> up and up. Like maybe, maybe the devs are uh, fixing this faster than we thought they would. Um, but it's an asymmetrical, um, asymmetrical multiplayer game, and they usually don't release in the strongest of fashions. They're usually quite unpolished, un unbalanced, and quite broken. So uh, I'm not surprised to see this get a pretty low score. Uh, your opinions and. Um, I don't think it's going to be a game I played. And yes, it has fallen into the dead by daylight. Uh, Death Throne. That's basically what all the critics are saying. It's just another franchise, as you said, when you opened up, it's just broken from the beginning and they're just constantly going to be trying to fix it. Now it's time for the draft. <laughs> In this game, both players will take turns picking games, deciding the scores. Scores will be tallied up in the following episode and the player with the lowest score wins. The player's drafted game doesn't get a review score by the time we return, it will count as a zero. But in order to countermeasure, we will remove the opposing player's highest scoring game. So on this week's list, we have Deliver Us the Moon, Deadcraft, Endzone A World Apart, Vampire The Masquerade Swan Song, Cotton Fantasy, and The Endless Summer Search for Surf. Fizz, since, since I picked all these games, um, I'm going to let you take first. Which game would you like to take first? I'm going to go with Deadcraft. And what score would you like to give it? I'm going to go with 85. 85? Okay, confident. Yeah. I don't know, like, one or two of these games I've actually looked up, so I'm going <laughs> to absolutely uh, shoot, shoot blindly here. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm You're going blind, are you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my first game that I'm going to pick is Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. And I am going with a 70, bang on. Okay. Which game would you like next, sir? Hmm. I'm actually going to go with Endzone. And I'm going to go with an 83 on that. Yep. He's taking the highs. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I've, I'd look, I've, I've actually watched the trailer for that one. And I've had a, look, like, a dip, bit of a deep dive into it. Did my homework. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. So you're probably going to win this first one then. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to take Deliver Us the Moon next, and I'm going with a, a solid 80. Ooh, that's quite a high one. Yeah, I think it'll do quite well. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Cotton Fantasy then, and I'm going with 78 on that. Okay, so that leaves me with The Endless Summer Search for Surf. Now, I will preface this by saying I looked on a game site that said um, games releasing this week, but I'm not, I've never heard of The Endless Summer Search. The Endless Summer Search for Surf. So it may well turn out that it's actually a movie, and if it's a movie, then I will I will take the forfeit for putting the wrong. <laughs> they're not even putting a game on here, but um, we'll go with it. Um, so the Endless Summer Search for Surf. I'm uh, I'm gonna go with a bang on good seventy. I'm pretty sure the Endless Summer is a film, but I don't think Search Search for Surf is. Okay, fair enough. I'll, uh, <laughs> once we finish recording, I'll uh, I'll go look it up and then probably kick myself. Yeah, you should have. It's a, it was originally a PC game in two thousand sixteen. I think I think I think I fell asleep watching the trailer to it this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> so uh, on Viz's team this week, we've got Deadcraft at eighty five, Endzone World Apart at eighty three, and Cotton Fantasy at seventy eight. On Sev's team, we have Deliver Us the Moon at 80, Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song at 70, and a game he's pretty sure is a film, The Endless Summer Search for Surf at 70. Come back next week to see how we did. After, after that raucous debacle, uh, we're going to jump into a little segment that we wanted to do called Hidden Gems, where we highlight a few hidden gems that we recommend people play. Uh, so, Fizz, would you like to take it away? Yeah, of course. So, this week I've gone for something that originally was released in 14, I'd like to say. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was too. Yeah, I think it was late 2014 and it was a PlayStation Plus game as well. At some point, I'm sure. I'm not 100% on that one too. Um, but it's a Solving Puzzles and Being a Fox. This is Never Alone. Okay, for a second I thought you were going to go with Foxy Lamb. this one? <laughs> never alone um never alone this isn't the one where is it a little eskimo lady and a white fox yes that's the one okay yeah yeah i'm that's a good choice i have uh, i have played this game yeah yeah i've played this game i've not finished it but i think it's an absolute cracking of game it's very much a hidden gem because a lot of people never got a chance to play it and i think it's just got lost in the snow yeah, it has. Yeah, it's definitely one I've not, I've not thought about in a long time. I've definitely not heard that name in a while. Yeah, so I enjoyed it, uh, and like with the how with the people that made the game, it's through, it's Inner Pack Elders, and they actually did their research, and they actually had an Inner Pack um, Elder help them produce the game to make it make sure it was accurately correct to their culture yeah so i believe it was um I, i'm going to use the word eskimos um just because that's the term you use for someone i live in the slow in the snow i believe I hope, I hope that's not a racist comment i believe there was a lot of like um law and mythology from that time period and that part of the world used in this game that was one of the I think the fox represents a spirit or something, doesn't he? Yeah, it's the culture and folklore about the native Alaskan Inupak people. I think that's the correct terminology for Eskimos uh, in the area that they've 
like okay so if we have any inner people listening who are offended by calling eskimos i'm sorry refer to you <laughs> by your proper names from now on cool is there anything you'd like to add to that is no, it's, uh, I think it's a game that, like, if you've not played it, if you've not tried it, then you should try it. It's a great puzzle game. Uh, it builds up a great story between you and this little fox that you're playing with and progressing through different levels and different abilities to be able to manoeuvre throughout the level. Cool. So that was uh, that was Viz's game. Just tell us the name of it again, in case anyone missed it. Uh, that was Never Alone. Cool, thank you. Um, so the game I brought this week is a uh, another little indie game. Uh, this one's called Zeo Drifter, and uh, for anyone who's not seen Zeo Drifter, it's very much a Metroidvania, and it's a very small one. It could be done in about two hours, and it's a game I hold quite dearly. It was on PlayStation Plus years and years ago, and I played it, and it's what sort of opened my eyes to the Metroidvania type of game. Now it is very small game in that there are four planets your spaceship crash lands you can't fly out of the atmosphere you can only fly around to these four little planets it does play on like a side scrolling view view for instance you go to one planet and then there's a bunch of water on the one side so you know that you can't actually go in the water until you find the submarine and then another side's got a really high wall so you know you can't get over the wall until you find the rocket boots so it's about going to these four different areas and going as far as you can in one area until you pick up a pickup and then knowing that you can use that in another area you go around like that but yeah as i said i play this game every year uh, for our game challenge and it's one of the first games i play every year because i love it so much um it's usually on sale quite often to be honest i believe it's pretty much it's on sale on the uh the playstation store at the moment it's, they've got retro and remaster sale going on at the moment but anyone listening now uh, just have a quick look for it. Uh, 97p at the moment. Is it? Yeah, uh, remasters and retro. Yeah, yeah. 80%. Oh, nice. I've not had a chance to have a look through that yet, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the... I'm pretty sure that's a new deal that's just come up in the past few days. I always like a bargain me, so I'm always uh, between my three consoles. If I'm never actually, if I'm not playing a game, guarantee I'm just scrolling through the stores looking for deals. Yeah, and if I'm not if I'm not buying my computers, then I'm on my phone and I'm looking for deals there. So I'm always keep you up to date with them. But yeah, so that was uh, that was my game, Zero Drifter. So this is a segment where the the name's probably going to change every week, but this week is called the British Rankers. In our final segment of the show, we will prove that fans are way too noisy, and we have our opinions on everything. That's right, we're going to rank everything. And our first batch of contenders this week, potatoes, shopping carts and trolleys, sand, a morning coffee, and the classic, in-betweeners, Viz. Yeah. What are you thinking? Who, who, what are you thinking is going to be the lowest on this list? Sand. Who likes sand? Yeah, who likes sand? See, my, my counter-argument is, if you go to a beach and there's and it's just a pebble beach, man, that's a horrible beach. Like, if you go to a beach, you want sand on it, right? Yeah, of course, if you go to a beach, you want sand on it. But it's like, have you ever thought about finding every single crevice when you get back home again? Yeah, see, I like the idea of going to a beach with sand, but I don't, I don't really go to beaches. Um, so I never, I never have to get sand in my sandwiches or 
in my um, places where sun doesn't shine. <laughs> Not really a hatred of sand for that way, but more thinking that sand is used to make glass, and we use glass for a lot of things. So if we if we rank sand really low, then we're ranking glass really low as well. Yeah, but no, glass and sand are two completely different things. You can't put them in the same list. Yes, you use sand to make glass, but you can't put you can't rank them the same. Sand, sand, sand as its own thing is going to be completely different ranking to what glass would be. Okay, fair. I, I suppose in, in in that way, we were going to do it that way. We'd have to rank yeah. atoms as the top thing because everything's <laughs> made of atoms. So therefore. Nothing can be better than atoms. We're in agreement then that uh, number five is going to be sand. Yeah, it's. I think it's definitely got to be sand. You don't exactly want sand on your ice cream, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, next one. What goes? What's coming just before sand? What What are you thinking? Yeah, I said sand. You can you can take lead on this one, and then I'll give you a counter argument. Okay. So I'm thinking that just just below sand, so number four in our rankings, even though I think they're a great idea, it's probably going to be shopping carts and trolleys. Okay. I think shopping carts and trolleys are great, and I hate when you go to the supermarket and you have to carry the basket, because there's always so much to buy in the supermarket, and then you get halfway round and realise that your basket's full, and I do want to be that person that walks around with two baskets, (laughs) you put one down to put something in there and then you know you always get to like you get the alcohol and the soda aisle and it's like do i want beer yeah cool of course i want beer but do i want to do i want to put a crate of beer in my basket and have to carry that around the rest of the supermarket so i mean so i think shopping carts yeah they've got a place on this list they've got a place high on this list in my opinion yeah they've got a, i'd say they've got a place high on this list and i i, I wouldn't put them like at number four, like on the first five. No, so whereabouts would you put on the list? In the categories that we've got, I'd put them at number three, right in the middle. Okay, so if you're gonna, if you want to put shopping carts at number three, let's hear your argument for why, for what out of the last three things we've yet to rank is worse than shopping carts. The in betweeners. The in betweeners. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I put this on. I thought this in betweeners would there. Uh, for sure, get like number two, number one or number two. No, 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 no. Like the in between us, so it's never going to get old, but you can live without it. Mm, yeah, I, I suppose you can live without it. There have been many other sitcoms, um, but the in between us is definitely a, it's a British institution at this point. Oh, it's definitely a British institution. Yeah, the Americans got some kind of in between us, and it was nowhere. It was nowhere near as good as what we've got. Got so, anyone listening, like go out and find the UK in between us because that thing is class. Definitely a one to watch, but on this list, it's some not something I could like. I've seen it. I'd watch it all again, but I, I wouldn't be any in any rush to do it. It, it. It's just something I could just have on in the background because I've seen it that many times now. Fair. You'd rather have access to shopping cart than uh, watch in between us, yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm not carrying a crate of beer on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So there we go. For the purposes of beer, shopping carts beats the in-betweeners. So then I think that only leaves two more. Yeah. So fighting for number one spot is potatoes or a morning coffee. Well, this. 
Which which would you prefer, <laughs> a potato or a morning coffee? Oh dear me, it's it's a hard one. It is really like potatoes. It's They're so versatile. Oh. Sorry. Top spot's got to be morning coffee, mate. Yeah? It's just got to be done. <laughs> yeah, you don't want a potato first thing in the morning, do you? No, I know I don't want a potato first thing in the morning, but I'm definitely not uh, against a hash brown in the morning or uh, a packet of crisps or some chips or, like, a roast potato on a Sunday. All those things, I think, are, are they better than a morning coffee? <laughs> well, what time are you going to cook a roast potato on a Sunday morning? If that's if it's gonna be a, if it's gonna be a morning potato, <laughs> we both work in a kitchen. We know on a Sunday what time we cook our roast potatoes. But yeah, we're cooking them from nine o'clock in the morning. If I want, if I want a breakfast roast potato, mate, I'm not gonna have one. Yeah, but you're gonna want it for nine o'clock, or you're gonna want a roast potato before you leave for work. Yeah, to be fair, I'm not putting roast potatoes in my lunchbox, am I? <laughs> no, you put them in your lunchbox to go home with. <laughs> I do actually. Yeah, yeah. It's a little life hack. You don't want to cook yourself a full Sunday dinner when you get home on a Sunday afternoon. Take some roast, potato, roast potatoes from from work. I like, I like, agreed upon. Let me just put that there. I'm not stealing them. I have been authorised to take the, the roast potatoes. No, not according to Plonkstar. No. <laughs> according to Plonkstar, we go at home at 10 o'clock at night to make a roast dinner. Yeah, yeah. After a full day of work, you will go home and make a roast dinner. Um, as chefs know... <laughs> We don't go home and make a roast dinner. The, the, probably the best I make at 10 o'clock at night is a crisp sandwich. <laughs> yeah. It's either that it's going to be a kebabby from down the road. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Our first five in the uh, in the, the great rank is uh, number one, a morning coffee. Number two, potatoes. Number three, shopping carts and trolleys. Number four, the in-betweeners. And number five, sand. Do you know what? Did you actually have a ranking before we did this? No. No, that's my actual ranking. <laughs> fair, fair. So next week, um, next week you're going to come with five uh, for us to add into this ranking, and we'll see what you come with. Yeah, and then it goes to a top ten then, doesn't it? It does, and then we'll keep going from there until we've ranked the entire universe. Uh, and that's a lot for, so far this week, guys. We'd like to thank you all for listening to listening to our show and our ramblings about everything. We encourage you to reach out with things you'd like to see ranked, no matter how random they may be. Games, trailers, to get you hyped about the little gems we should all discover. I'm still Viz, and I'm pretty sure he's still there, Sev. And we have made enough noise for this week. Thank you all. Goodbye. Bye.